Are you ready to get into God's Word today? Give me a, give me a thumbs up. Give me a, oh yeah. Like, like make, make, me, make me feel like you're ready, okay? Like, you know, it goes, it goes a little bit longer if you're not into the message, all right? So there we go. Hey, that's, that's, I, need, I need some help. Thank you. I mean, I'm a very needy kind of pastor. Um, so Genesis chapter 1, uh, verse 1. Uh, I want to begin by asking you a question. Have you ever heard the phrase, consider the source, consider the source? Usually when it's used, it's, um, they use it in a, in a negative way, right? Consider the source. Uh, Leah, sometimes uh, she will remind me of this phrase, you know, when people are negative uh, about me or uh, something that I'm doing or, you know, something that the church is doing or something that I love and somebody's like a little bit overly critical. She'll, 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 she'll say, hey, honey, just remember, consider the source. Consider the source. It's not that, it's not that they, um, they don't like you. They just don't like themselves, you know. They're, um, they're a bunch of losers, you know. Um, she doesn't say that part, you know. That's my interpretation of, of the phrase. Um, but yeah, consider the source. Um, I want to, I want to, I want to do something today. I want to flip that phrase for the sake of the message, and uh, I want you to think uh, about God as ultimately our our source, right? And um, how we should consider Him before we consider. Our circumstances, our difficult moments in life. Usually, if you're like me, we start with our circumstances. We, we start with the difficulties of life, and we try to fix them. And we talk to people, and we, we worry. And then if there's wisdom in you, like if you're like me, then, you know, after you've tried everything, and you've exhausted all, all possible um, solutions to the problem that you have, then you go to the source. You go to God. Um, but today, I think that there is, a, I want to share with you a, a better way than, uh, than the way that for most of us we are, we're used to. So Genesis 1, verse 1, I'm reading from the NIV, New International Version. So let's, let's get started. It says this, in the beginning, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, first verse in the Bible, notice your name is nowhere to be found. My name is not there either, okay? Your kids' names are not, it's not in that verse. Very first verse, it begins with the source. It's almost as if God wants you to know something. Before you get into this book, before you get into the Bible, let me, just, let me just establish something here. I'm the one that started this whole thing. Okay, I am the source. Before you learn about Moses and Abraham and Paul and Peter, the rest of the disciples, I want you to know I am the main character of the story. Now, would you, would you help me out? Would you repeat after me? God is... Say it, say it with enthusiasm. God is, God is the source. I'm going to say that a lot today because I want you to retain it so that when you wake up Tuesday morning and 
you know, life is coming at you, you can maybe remember at least one phrase, and that is that he is the source. Now, the encouraging thing about this message is that if he's the source and he started this whole thing, he should be the one to finish it too, right? So I don't, I'm not, I didn't start it. I, I don't have to finish it. He can finish it for me. And like if you read in Philippians, Paul is, is telling the Philippians, he's saying, I'm confident of this thing. He who began a good work in you, he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion till the day of Christ. And so I'm thankful that, you know, even though sometimes I lose track of who's in charge and I lose track of who's in control and I mess up and I falter and I worry, I'm thankful for this promise that God tells me that, hey, listen, I'm the one that started this whole thing and I'm the one that's going to finish it. Finish, not you. I'm going to help you finish the race. That would not be a pretty thing, right? I'm the one that's going to finish you, period. No, you know, um, it's an encouraging thing. Now, if you read the whole chapter, and we're not because of time, but if you read the whole thing, I want you to notice something. There's a pattern here. Like God would speak, and something came to be, okay? So he spoke, and he created something. Something came into existence. Let me show you a couple of examples, okay? Again, I'm not going to cover the whole chapter, but uh, for example, verse 11, if you're following along, verse 11, it says this. Then God said... Now, that phrase shows up multiple times, so keep that in mind. Let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants, and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it, according to their various kinds, according to their various kinds. And help me out. Let's, let's read it together. And it was so. So there's this pattern here. God said, and it was so. God spoke to the ground, and he brought forth plants. Only God can do that, by the way. Let me give you another one. Verse 20. Jump to verse 20. It says, same phrase. Then God said, let the waters abound with fish and other life. Let the skies be filled with birds of every kind. Now, it doesn't say it, but it's implied, right? God said and it was so okay so it kind of are you guys are you tracking are you following kind of where i'm where i'm going with this uh one more verse 26 probably most important one of the most important verses in all of the bible okay verse 26 again we see the same phrase then god said let us make mankind in our image in our likeness so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So, so here's, here's the thing that I want you to get. God spoke to the ground and he brought forth plants. He spoke to the water and he brought forth fish and then he goes to make us and when he made us he spoke to who he spoke to himself did you pick up on it he says let let us let us he's speaking to himself he's the source let us make mankind in our own image in our own likeness so would you repeat one more time for me god is 
the source. He is the source. This is why we come to church, to be reminded of this fact, to, to consider the source. This is why you set time aside every week, at least once a week, hopefully more than once. Maybe you're attending a life group. If you're not, I really want to encourage you to do that. A couple of times a week, you set time aside to remind yourself to consider the source. You need it every day, really. You know, but at least a couple times a week, we come together and we're reminded, you know, I don't come from myself. We don't come from ourselves. We are not the source. He is the source. And so, you know, I feel bad for people who don't believe in God because they often think that they have to come up with all the solutions to life's problems. And they feel, feel like they, they, the pressure is on them. They have to, you know, the solutions are going to come somewhere from within them. And there's a ton of pressure. And I know, like, at least in my life, I am a li limited resource. You, my friend, you are a limited resource. And so we need a reminder. We need to come together and gain wisdom from God's word and gain strength. To just to be re reminded, like, we come, we plug into an unlimited source that sometimes it's more real than the air that we breathe more real and can sustain you better than the chair that you're sitting on, the couch or wherever you're at, the seat if you're driving. And so I only have one point for you today, and it's this. Don't forget where you come from. If you don't get anything else, get this one. Okay, don't forget where you come from. Now, I know that we live in a culture where kind of being reminded of, like we're always on the move, right? We're always on the go. Like we always want, pastor, tell me where I'm going. Tell me how to deal with what's ahead of me. Like we don't want to look back. We don't want to, you know, just figure out what's, you know, where we come from. We just want to hear what's next or how to deal with, with what's coming up our way. But there's a verse in my Bible that says this. This is a good one if you want to write the reference down. Psalm 103, verse 2. It says this, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Bless the Lord with everything that I have. And God, may I not forget all the benefits of believing in you and serving you. And it continues, it says in verse 3, Who forgives all your iniquity. Man, that alone, that's enough for me to just stop, you know, like wrap everything up, go home, because that's enough to praise God for, for years. God, thank you that you've taken care of my junk because I fail you on a, on, a, on a daily basis. And there's things that I would never want to put in front of anybody and I, that I'm not proud of. There's mistakes that I've made. Thank you, God, that you forgive all your iniquities. That is a benefit for sure, that I can live a guilt-free life because you forgive me, who heals all your, all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit. I mean, there's been so many times in my life where, you know, man, my marriage was in the pit, my finances were in the pit, and God, thank you that you have the power to redeem me from the pit of life. Who, like, look at this picture, I love this, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy who does not need more love who doesn't need a little bit of mercy i know that i do like man i'm like both hands up god thank you that that's one of the benefits that i have in you and so i think what god's word is saying is in order for you to move forward and not be paralyzed by the difficulties of life the fears and the worries of life you have to be cognizant of where you come from 
Remember the source where you came from. When all, it's not going to remove all of life difficulties. It's just going to put them in the right perspective. So what I want to do with the next 17 minutes, probably less, we're going to be quick today. I want to I give you three illustrations, biblical illustrations, where God says, remember, consider the source. The first one is in, in the Old Testament. Actually, the first two are in the Old Testament. Um, you remember Moses in the Bible? So God comes up to Moses, and uh, he gives him the Ten Commandments. And I've never really, really picked up on this until this week. When he's giving him the Ten Commandments, most of us think, oh, he's just giving him a bunch of rules. But did you know that God was actually encouraging Moses when he was giving him the Ten Commandments? So he's giving him the Ten Commandments, and he gets to the fourth one, and he says, keep the Sabbath holy. And he knows that, like, as human beings, we're going to be tempted to work ourselves to death, right? Like, we just, like, most of us, if I ask, you don't have to, but if I ask you to raise your hand, most of us would say, yeah, there are seasons of my life where I'm just, just running, running like 100 miles an hour. And so he gives them this, this command. He gives Moses this command uh, to keep the, the Sabbath holy, to, to take a day of rest. And when he's saying that to them, he encourages him. And I've never seen this before, but he says, practice the Sabbath. And then there's a little thing that he adds to it. And he says, this is how I want you to do it. And he says, I want you to, to practice the Sabbath by remembering that you were a slave in the land of Egypt. Oh, wow, Okay never seen that by remembering that you were a slave in the life the, the land of egypt and i rescued from that situation and it says with my my strong and mighty hand he says remember where you were and maybe today you're in a in a strange land maybe you're going through something maybe this is a difficult season in your life you're under egyptian captivity and and it, I, I don't know call it credit card debt captivity maybe it's relational slavery you feel trapped and it doesn't have to be just relationally it could be work you feel like you're trapped with your career wherever you're at like you feel like there's no way out of this maybe maybe it's not just work or relationships maybe it's school have you ever been there it's like man i just want to move away and start over i remember when i was in middle school i went through a season in my life where i just i just wanted to start over I just wanted to, I wanted to literally get rid of all the friendships, all of the stuff at school, and, and this, is a, this is actually around the time when my parents decided to move to Florida, and it was like a game changer for me because I felt like, oh, a new beginning, yes, have you ever felt like that? Like I'm trapped, like I, I just want to go somewhere, like I, I just, I feel like I'm in captivity, there's like no way out. Sometimes all you need is a word to tell you, hey, you're going somewhere. You're not going to stay there forever. You're not going to be captive forever. You're not going to be stuck forever. There is hope. I want you to listen to this. Pay attention to this. If you're going to participate in your destiny, you've got to know something about your history. You have to be willing to look back and consider the source and so God looks at Moses and he says hey let me encourage you buddy when you practice the Sabbath I want you to remember that there was a day when you were a slave and I got you out of that situation how why because I'm the source hey here's a second example uh, Abraham remember Abraham he was old he couldn't have kids 
Um, he thought life was over. God had promised him years earlier that, that he was going to have many de- descendants. And like, like you know, like this, there was a whole thing that was coming from, him, from this. And, and so Abraham's like th- thought, like, it's all, it's, 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 you know, I guess, you know, I don't know how it's gonna, this plan of God is going to unfold. But he, he had given up hope. And God looks at Abraham. You remember what he said to him? He says, hey, Abraham, I want you to look up. On a clear night, and I want you to look up to the sky, and I want you to count the number of stars. Remember what Abraham said? He looks up, and he starts counting, and then all of a sudden, he's like, God, there's too many. I can't count them all. I can't do it, God. And God goes, exactly. Exactly. You can't. You can't do it. Because the Bible says that my God is the only one who puts those stars in the sky, and he's the only one who can count them. He's the only one who can name them by, like even today with the technology that we have, we can't number the, 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 all of the stars that exist. Of course, you know, back then it would have been impossible for Abraham to, to remember. And so my God is the only one that numbers the stars and calls them each by name. And God tells, he looks at Abraham, he says, hey, Abraham, here's another challenge for you. I want you to look at the grains of sand in the seashore, and I want you to count them. Another impossible task. And, and Abraham looks at, at the sand, and he's like, there's no way that I can count. And God, once again, he goes, exactly. You can't do it. And so whether you are looking up to the stars or you're looking down to the sand, he's telling us, I am the, finish it, I am the, the source. Look at this verse, Psalm 147, verse 5. Great verse. Great is our God and mighty in power. He under, his understanding has no limits. I love this promise. Great is our God and mighty in power. His understanding has no limits. Listen, folks, this may not be a big deal to you, but to me, it's a huge deal. When I start in my life, when I start with the source, rather than my circumstances, rather than my situations, that's when I can get on my knees and I can, and I can tell, you know, like I, I, rather than telling God, all about my big problems I can get on my knees and tell my big problems all about my big God but I have, you have to start with the source in the beginning God let's fast forward last example I'll give you maybe two more and that's it Jesus is preaching fast forward to the New Testament He's in, uh, this is in Matthew, Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. He's preaching probably his most famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount. And he's talking about a bunch of stuff, lust, anger, adultery, murder. And that center, in the middle of all that, he talks about worry. He categorizes it. Okay, you would think, oh man, the word would be in a different category, right? Well, nope. He puts a dead center with lust and anger and adultery and murder. Boom, dead center, worry. He calls it what it is, a sin, right? And he says this, he says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. Now that word right there, life, it encompasses everything. 
It covers everything, right? Like when God says, don't worry about life. I mean, he, he could have, he might have as well would have, could have said, you know, don't worry about your bills. Don't worry about your health. Don't worry about that test that's coming up. Don't worry about that situation right there. Don't worry about, I mean, he could have, he could have said a number of things, right? Don't worry about the kids. Don't worry, don't worry about the dating relationship where, whether, where it's going to go and it's, whether it's going to continue, whether it's going to stop. Don't worry about your life he says and then he, it continues what you will eat or drink or about your body now please don't misunderstand this this is not telling you that you shouldn't take care of your body okay like this is not an excuse to to say honey bring me all the ice cream find a verse for this bible tells me not to worry about my body finally i can eat whatever i want not wrong interpretation, right? <laughs> it says, don't worry. Don't worry. It's life not more than food and the body more than clothes. Look at verse, look at verse 26. Look at the birds of the air. God is always trying to get your attention somewhere else other than yourself. Why? Because you're not the source. Look at the birds, he says. God looks at Abraham and he says, look at the stars, look at the sand. Jesus, years you know, later, says, look at the birds. Look at the birds. Are you, they, they do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. I am the source. Consider, consider, say it, church, consider the the source are you not much more valuable than they the answer is of course you know your your life matters you're better than a bird you know they to look to somebody play along with, with somebody look to somebody and tell them you're better than a bird come on come on help, help me out tell somebody i don't care if they're behind you in front of you tell them you're better than a bird maybe you're at home tell your family call your kids into the room and say you're better than a bird you are you know, what do you learn today in church? I learned I'm a better, I'm better than a bird. <laughs> yes, son, you are better than a bird. <laughs> the problem is we spend so much time and energy focusing on what's ahead of us, what's in front of us, that we neglect to look back and consider the source. In the beginning, God. So let me wrap things up. See, you guys have done great. See, I'm like seven, seven minutes and 33 seconds ahead. So I'm like, we're doing great. You know, you guys have done phenomenal today. But we'll see how the second service does, all right? I'll probably go really long on that. But remember the prodigal son? He looks at his father. He says, I want my inheritance, all of the money that the father has saved. There were two sons, the older and the younger. The younger says, give me my money. It wasn't his, but he thought it was his. And he leaves, and he spends it all, and he wastes, you know, he squanders all the money. Remember the story? He comes back, and he's broken. He's in despair. The father sees him from afar. He does not demand retribution. The older son is indignant. Cannot believe that. This kid spent all the money. How could he? And there's something that I think we can learn from the younger son and the older the, the younger son put his faith in his resources until he realized that, hey, I've put my, my faith in the wrong thing. 
And the Bible says that it was only until, like when he came to his senses, that he says, my father, I need to go back to him. But sometimes we think that we can only learn the, a lesson from the, from the younger son. But the older son also teaches us something. He never left the home. He never left the house, but he neglected to consider the source. He was in church day in and day out. He was, he was faithful. He did his tithing. He did his service. But he was right there in the house, and he forgot. How do you know that, Pastor Alex? Well, Bible tells me when the younger son comes home and the dad throws a party for him, it's, it's really cool. The Bible says that the father saw him from afar. Before the, before the younger son could actually see the father, the father already had a greater view that the son was coming back and he was getting ready. And he's, he's saying, I, my son is back. And he's celebrating. And so the older son gets a little bit jealous. He says, you never threw a party like that for me. I never left you. I never left you. You never, you never did that for me. And the father goes, oh boy. Oh, my son. You've missed the whole point. Don't you get it? Everything I have is yours you have access to all things and so could it be that you've been in church for a while that you've been faithful that you're doing your thing but in the midst of all that you've forgotten to consider the source with heads bowed and eyes closed I want you to I want to ask you three questions You know, in Genesis, it says God spoke to the ground, plants came forth. God spoke to the water, fish came forth. He made us, he spoke to himself. But here's something that I, want, I don't want you to miss as we kind of wrap things up. You take, you, you take a plant out of the ground and it won't be long until it's dead. You take a fish out of the water, thought about doing it, bringing a goldfish and just getting it out of the water and let it flop for a little bit, but I didn't want to mess things up. But seriously, you take a fish out of the water and it eventually dies. And in the same way, if you unplug from the source, eventually you die. And so three questions. This is your time. This is reflection time. Number one, how often do you really stop to thank Jesus for what he has brought you through. How often do you really stop to thank Jesus for how far he has brought you or what he has gotten you through? If you haven't told him in a while, tell him right now, thank you, Lord. Thank you, you got me through that one. Thank you, Lord, you got me through that one. You can tell him right now, he's listening. He can hear me speak and he can hear you pray. Second question, is there a situation right now in your life that doesn't have Jesus at the center? Is there a situation right now in your life where he's not at the center? Maybe it's your finances. You're not honoring him with your finances. Maybe it's your prayer life. Maybe it's reading God's word. I want to be legalistic and I don't want to put rules. 
on your neck that bind you? But is he at the center of your life? Are you spending time with him? Last question as we reflect. Is there something right now in your life that's causing you to worry, that's stressing you out? Is there something that's that's overwhelming in your life? If there is, I want to pray for you. So just quickly, would you raise your hand if that's you? Yep, I see your hand. see your hand. Anyone else? Yeah, you see the hands, Lord. God, thank you for the message. Usually this phrase, it's used in a negative way, but today, God, may we redeem it for our sakes, for your sake, God. May we consider you. God, thank you so much that you know all of our needs before we even ask you. And so, God, may we never forget that you started this whole thing. You started a good work in my heart, Lord. So, Lord, I know that you're going to help me finish the race. I have nothing to fear. I have nothing to worry. And so, God, today I surrender my, my will, my emotions, my worries, my anxiety, my, all of my junk, all of my sin, God, and I come before you and I ask you, help me trust you. Help me to consider your greatness, God. Thank you for your love. Thank you for grace, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand.